What is even up? It's your boy Crabman. He was my boy Heckenstein. Uh, Welcome uh, to the Hypnotic Hootout. That show what we do sometimes. <laughs> Every Friday. It's true. Five-ish. Mm. What's it? Episodes number... 14. 14. This is the 14th time we're wow. doing this. That is like... So, so two more than uh, Red King's uh, Spielgefährten. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Gotcha. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, what's up? <laughs> Forgot my notes, so... Oh, I have wow. no idea. <laughs> oh, wow. So we have to improvise today. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how was your week? Tell me about that. What's 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 new in in Metroskate? In Metroskate, so they they came and took the wrong delivered mattress. Mm -hmm. I have yet to get the correct one. Um, yeah, unfortunately, still waiting. It's been like a month <laughs> that I'm waiting for. Mm. So hopefully that will be soon. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Wendersil. How are you doing? Hope you're having a good week. Um. Hmm. Nodded to the chat, but nobody really. Hey, chat. Okay, hey, so Chad. Try this again. Hey, Wendersil. Yeah. Um. Nice of you to join us. Yeah. No, my week was pretty good. A lot of like building myself up again now that I'm single. Mm -hmm. um, worked out quite well. Like having the ability um, to structure my days just the way I like it. Still trying to get rid of my optimizer uh, habits, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, sleeping, sleeping is still a little bit of a problem. Like yesterday again, like the week before, I thought, okay, it's Thursday, let's go to bed early. So I'm fit on Friday because I want to work, I want to do some work out, and then I have to do the hoot out. I get to do the hoot out, I mean. And yeah, so around, I think, 11, I'm lying in bed trying to sleep and I begin thinking what we're going to talk about <laughs> and it happened to me like so often like the this day um, like the last couple of weeks Fridays when when I know we have the hoot out mm -hmm. I begin thinking about like or like imagining our conversations or mostly my parts of yeah <laughs> sure yeah and it gets so annoying, especially when I try to sleep. I, re I was really upset with myself because I couldn't sleep. And yeah. It's probably the mattress's fault. Probably. Probably the mattress as well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm stressing out, if I'm just exciting to do the hoot out. But yeah, it, it definitely, um, yeah, mm. keeps me busy mentally. Around two o'clock, I, I looked at the. Uh, clock yeah to see what time it is that i was a little bit upset <laughs> that i was still awake just because i just couldn't stop thinking about what i'm going to talk about but just going through the conversations why does it happen to you rarely i mean sometimes i'm like 
oh, that's something I could mention, and that's something I'm not gonna tell you now, <laughs> so I can tell you on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I even like, well, we saw each other two days ago, and I even like at some point had decided, okay, no, I'm not gonna talk about it, and then like, ten minutes later, I was like. Wait, I did. I wanted to tell you something. I was thinking, trying to remember, and then I was like, "Oh, right." There's oh, and then I stopped myself from telling the whole story because that was the topic. <laughs> Sometimes it's weird, right? I mean, we do this like uh, I always try to pretend I haven't told you this exact thing just yesterday, yeah. um, but it is always a bit weird to just repeat the exact conversation word by word, <laughs> um, just to have something to talk about what was going on. So yeah, clearly we talk too much to each other yeah that's, <sighs> that's, that's also my reasoning why i said let, let's meet wednesday and not thursday so we have at least like one day to make new experience <laughs> <laughs> to live a little <laughs> um yeah well i also didn't get to bed at any reasonable time but i did so quite on purpose um because i was watching Something new. Ooh. Uh, and it is devs. Have you ever heard of devs? With an Z? No. Just no. devs. Um, no. It's, it's by Alex Garland, who, as we know, did Ex Machina and mm. Annihilation. Oh, also nice, wrote nice. Sunshine and The Beach and 28 Days Later and Never Let Me Go. And all that good stuff, you know? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a fan, I, I think. <laughs> and yeah, devs is like. Seems to a, I'm a fan too. I didn't realize it yet. <laughs> yeah, never let me go. That I was surprised there. I haven't seen that one. Of course you have. Yeah. Your okay. girlfriend even commented that that's a movie you get from Hannes. And I remember that you tell me it's uh, with the kids who like grow up on like a farm, and then it turns out they're. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but you have. <laughs> they'll hear us. <laughs> Wait, I'll I'll quickly show you the um, never. Yeah, just need a picture. Let me go. You you for sure know this. Like it's one of the super weird movies. Okay, I'll tell you about it later because it's a whole spoiler. I know that you've seen it yeah, and because yeah. I know that your previous girlfriend she had commented when you showed it to her that that was ah, uh, that's so she knew I gave over. that to you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah. I'm not really good at, at remembering um, <laughs> movies, and it happens a lot. That Hans is telling me about a movie I haven't seen it, and then he gets upset with me, <sighs> either day. for not seeing it or forgetting I've seen it with him. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen something great, then that's weird. But at least we can watch it, so that's <laughs> that's fine. But that's a uh, you know, my wife always always loves when I complain about her quirks in this show. So um, that is something we have all the time. Like she remembers nothing, but she see she's seen everything. It's always <laughs> I'm like, do you know this movie? She's like, no, I have no idea. Then we start watching. She's like, I've seen this. <laughs> I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to me as well. Happens to me as well. <laughs> um, I think I told you Wednesday, right? Mm. Like, what did I watch? Um, the Boy and the Beast. I don't know how the, the Japanese title is. It's an anime, The Junge and the Beast, in German on Netflix, mm -hmm. which uh, I saw with my brother, and I completely forgot the movie. Um, didn't like it a lot. Uh, it was okay. And another movie. Hmm. 
anyway. Well, I had that with uh, Batman Forever recently. <laughs> since I, since you, Joel Schumacher died, I was like, okay, let's finally watch those Batman movies. Now. But you had seen her as a kid. Uh, really? I actually don't, haven't, I don't think. No, I didn't. Hmm. I knew of them, but I think I was too young because that was like in what, 95, 96 or something, 97, something like that. I know I was still in, like, what is it called, grade school, elementary school, mm. um, when that came out. And, yeah, but the thing is, I had actually watched it, like, not even a year ago. Mm. I already had that thought, <laughs> oh, I should watch that. And I completely forgot that I had, like, I could remember nothing, but as I saw it, I was like, what? I know this. I couldn't have told you that it happens, but now that I see it, I yeah, of course, I yeah. know this. <laughs> it's all, always so upsetting when you know the movie, like, but you, you don't remember all of it. Mm. And it's just so, you just remember like the next 20 seconds, so you're always spoiling <laughs> yourself, but you don't know how it ends. <laughs> you can't enjoy it like you would if you didn't know anything. Mm. But yeah, you don't know how it ends. And you're, you're still like interested in it. Uh, the other movie I watched was um, Motherless Brooklyn. Oh, was, right. yeah, I saw it twice now. Where you also couldn't mm -hmm. say yeah. what what it's really about. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> it again. I know what it's about. It's <laughs> about like uh, two gumshoes or detectives, and mm -hmm. like one is the the cool guy, and the other one is he's uh, he's uh, oh man, he's got special needs. He's got like lots of of. Things like uh, he repeats stuff. He f always fiddles around, but he has a like a, a perfect memory. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they have another guy as well. And then the the cool guy, uh, I think he gets killed or he gets taken away. I think he gets killed. And then then the fiddly guy has to take over and, and solve the case, basically, okay. and and just be yeah, just um, <clears throat> emancipate himself, I guess, because mm. he was always like in the shadow of the other guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but mm. I don't know, <laughs> no the, the plot anymore, and I've watched it twice now. <laughs> so take that. It was it was a fun experience. I would recommend it if you like uh, like noir detective movies. It's very chill and interesting and well well captured. Mm -hmm. Looks very nice. I'm getting a boring vibe of that somehow. <laughs> um, wasn't too boring for me, at least. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I once had that that I was starting to watch something, and I was like, I know this somehow. I've never seen it, but I know this. Hmm. But I only knew like the first twenty minutes, and I think it was because I had read the book or like started to read the book, hmm. then forgotten about it. Must have been hmm. some Stephen King thing. I then watched the thing. I was like, hey, I know everything that's happening up to this point. And then I'm like, have I watched this? But then the entire rest, no idea. And I'm sitting there like, well, anyway, Devs. <clears throat> that's an yeah. eight-part miniseries. Mm, nice. And it's basically just a six, seven-hour-long movie. It's also all written and directed by Alex Garland. So cool. it is basically just a very long movie. But also, is it about developers? Yeah. Oh. And it, um, it actually... So, what I always like about Alex Garland is that he kind of asks some very interesting questions about science and morality and all kinds of things. Like, I find, like, sunshine is something mm, that is so sunshine. deeply 
interesting to me like the whole we have to reignite the sun that's a super interesting hook and then that whole odyssey through space alone trying to figure out all kinds of stuff and things mm -hmm. go wrong left and right that's like i mean i feel like half my game ideas are all kind of that <laughs> so um and then ex machina with the whole when is a machine a human mm -hmm. uh, kind of a thing and i don't know very interesting. This one also, this one is kind of about determinism. That's mm -hmm. kind of at the root of it all. And it's and it's really something, I don't know, this is something I thought about, like in high school, before I even knew what determinism is. But like, is something really random? Is like a rolling a dice really random? Mm -hmm. Is it kind of isn't? It depends on like how quickly you move, like what the surface is like and all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. If you knew it's complex, but if you knew all those factors, you could predict it, and that's kind of what that is about. Like, well, theory at least. Mm. Yeah, but well, that's not clear, right? I, I think that's clear, isn't that? Like, we have physical laws. There's no nothing that happens outside of those laws. We may might not know them yeah. yet. They might have to be improved, <clears throat> but nothing happens without a reason. Or but something, it's cause and effect, basically. Is it like with the the quantum stuff that there's a lot of randomness in there? So there is actually randomness in life? I mean, you could say like maybe there is like a function to calculate that stuff as well. But I mean, that also comes up, the multiverse and all kinds of things. Um, but so I, found, I just found this very interesting mm -hmm. because it also explores that like in those exact thoughts almost. Mm -hmm. um, it uses a cointas to explain it but uh so that was very interesting and then it just goes and then it just throws in like an incredibly likable characters mm. even the villains and everything and it's like it's a really awesome complex beautiful thing yes of course it looks great um but so from feel i would say it's basically like a six hour ex machina nice and it's pretty pretty neat i mean i was thinking at some points but hmm? yeah where, where can i watch it amazon i don't know Prime? where it streams i just have it okay um well, maybe i'll get it too maybe <laughs> and yeah i mean at some points i was thinking maybe because i knew it was because i was thinking about this basically like a long movie hmm. i was thinking like this could have been also a movie and then I began to wonder, like, was it necessary that, like, every episode is so long or something? Yeah. But I'm not sure if it was because it was not earned uh, or if there were some lengths. I mean, sometimes that happens with these binge shows, but it seemed very purposefully designed. But hmm. overall, to me, that felt like a 9 out of 10, for sure. Hmm. Very. Gotta check it out. For sure. It's um, the lead is played by the by Kyoko, the, the mute robot who dances with Oscar Isaac in Next oh, Machina. Right, yeah. Who apparently also is the the shadow being in Annihilation, the one in the end. Oh, interesting. Sort of metallic. That's apparently her playing it. That's. <laughs> uh, I always like stories like that when a director and an actor or like a, a team, yeah. it just starts to just always work together. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's Edgar awesome. Wright, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, yeah, Wes Anderson. <laughs> These are my favorite because you, you you look for the characters, especially like Wes Anderson. You know who, who will appear. <laughs> you don't even need to it's true, it's true. read the credits and you're just waiting for the characters. <laughs> but then I guess they started together. So that was mm -hmm. not, not like they met along the way, but 
same with uh, what was the other example you just said? Edgar Wright, yeah. like him and Simon Peck, they just started yeah. this together, right? Yeah, they were uh, living together, I think. Mm. <laughs> so it's, uh, I mean, that's also fun, like a group of friends just making art. I guess that's what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that was, uh, that was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it a lot. There were a lot of like <gasps> moments, <laughs> just cool. mean, mean, mean turns. Mm. I could Good use a, another TV series or like um, short series. I love the short series format. Mm. Uh, I've, I'm still watching um, The White People, second season. It's I have not watched it yet. Still pretty great, mm. gotta say. I think it's not as great as the first, but it's hard to compare because it's been a bit of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, thinking about like watching the Mr. Robot because it has now like four seasons. I only watched the first season and I loved it. Watched the first two episodes of season two and it was <clears throat> it was okay. It wasn't really what I was hoping for because like the character and how he lives uh. is just like like this ideal fantasy of like a hacker that I had in my mind and yeah. <laughs> uh, season two started a little bit different. But we'll see. I think I watched it up until season two, episode six, which was proclaimed to be like a big turning point, and I guess it was. And then after I didn't continue, and I'm not sure if I like I'm not saying it was so bad. I don't want to, mm. but also like the motivation to just do it isn't there. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, I guess I also had that feeling that after after the end of season one, I was like this should have been the series. This like, should have been just the stuck there. Yeah. That was. That was fine. <laughs> but I've heard like season four has a, a couple of new stuff that's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll find a way through it. It's not too too boring. Yeah. I do have a lot more time now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm running out of good things to watch. I notice that all the time that it's like everything I find that's new is kind of eh. And you can tell also that's uh, mm. so I'm always so down on all this new stuff that I find and it's ugh. and then it is actually ugh. I have the feeling that I went yeah. through all the awesome stuff that was made over the last hundred years and now it's kind of middling around just waiting for the next great thing. Although speaking of new great things, I have also watched Suspiria. No. Me neither. I mean, I knew of it uh, by name from, because in the 70s, that was one of uh, Dario Argento's movies, if mm. you know of him, like an Italian, uh, he made very, I think, very gory movies. Hmm. So very famous, brutal art films um, from the yeah. 70s. And, and the guy who made Call Me By Your Name made a remake of it. And it's actually... Is actually really good. I'm. I've also spent the last couple of days being deeply fascinated by it, and just kind of mm. mulling it over in my head. What happened? What it? What it meant? What it all meant? Mm. That's <sighs> cool, yeah. I think the problem is the more movies you watch, the more games you you play, mm. the more you taste like you you get it better and better in taste. Yeah, we find <laughs> right, and then yeah. yeah. I'm narrowing, I'm zeroing in on what I like, and now there's nothing that, yeah, yeah. that I like. 
Oh, that's actually really cool. That's it's with Tilda Swinton and the one from Fifty Shades, um, and it's half in German. That was interesting. It's mm. Set during uh, the Bader Meinhof thing, yeah. and it's a it's a dance company that is also kind of weird, and then things just yeah mm. get a bit interesting. <laughs> yeah. So that was that is that is a uh, that is recommended. Very good movie. Cool. Surprisingly, surprisingly good. Friend talked me into it. I always was also was like, eh, I don't know. I'm really re- hesitant with movies lately. Like we have a couple of cool movies that like people liked, and you just don't want, don't want to watch them because you f- you're afraid that they are not as good as you hoped them or as no, I can't. you expect them to be bad. Basically, no, I can tell that they're not what I want to see. And it could be a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm, I don't think so. I always hope that a movie is good, but I always end up. That's the thing. I can see they're fine, but I'm disappointed by fine. I want to have mm. a good time. Now then, ugh, that was kind of meh time. Such a snob. <laughs> and I don't have a good time. <laughs> I want to watch a movie to be entertained, not to do the movie a favor. <laughs> wow. Well. I don't know, like mm. Beach Bum. It was not. It was not a great movie. So it was, it was entertaining, wasn't it? Medium. It was medium entertaining. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't think I would watch it again. Yeah, I was wondering about that as well. I think I could watch it like once more with people who don't haven't seen it. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. On the other hand, Knives Out. I could watch it. All day, mm. every day. That would not be a problem because it's a great, great, great movie. I'll try to pace it out so I don't get sick of it. <laughs> yes, uh, I was a bit worried about that too. But there are some movies that are so nice. Um, like Austin Powers 3 and American Pie 3 are both movies that I have watched like so many times in my life. Oh, man. Like that was during school, like almost every day. But that's another completely other mechanic why you can watch them over and over again. <laughs> it's pure nostalgia and uh, I don't know. No, it's just it was like a low key fun thing that did not get annoying. It was like just nice to watch. The jokes were still funny. It's not very I mean I couldn't even though I love it, I couldn't watch like Lord of the Rings every day. Hmm. That would be demanding. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, some some they just hit the right spot, and I feel like Knives Out is also a film that just hits a certain spot. It's like just a like a friend to have around, like a nice, pleasant thing. You're just never getting tired of watching. Like maybe like a beer. <laughs> yeah, it's just... there, there's some like like we could. Uh, it's a good beer. Mm. Could drink that every day, but it's not like not like. It's, I'm really excited about the taste. It's not. Um, <laughs> don't want to make <laughs> advertisement for alcoholic beverages here. Mm. Uh, not I'm, more that we are. I'm sure when this one is about beer, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> High demands on our entertainment. Yeah. Definitely. It was a bit tiring because of some. Ah, okay, so. When has it got to travel a bit for business? Mm. Yeah. Not much traveling for me. No. It's, just it's been a while. Pretty fine. 
pretty happy at home right now. Well, except my mattress, of course. <laughs> well, Facebook keeps reminding me of all the great trips that I had, like <laughs> somehow all around this time. Yeah. So yeah, well, hmm. one day this will be over. Hmm. Although we are, it looks like getting a second wave now. Going up again with the infections. Really looked into it, but yeah. Well, let's hope it's a small one, but yeah. People. Hmm. Very annoying. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yes, anyway. I had some time to stream. Oh, can you did. Can you believe it? I, well, I can because I was there. Yes. But would you have believed me? No. <laughs> Not a word. <laughs> No, it was because nice. So, um, so this dude from Studio Goblins or Goblin Studio. I forgot which. I think it was Goblin Studios. Goblin Studios. Wow. I would have turned it around. Studio Goblin? Studio Goblins. Yeah, I would take that. It's like Studio Ghibli. Anyway. Um, they are working on a couple of games. A couple of deck building games. Mm -hmm. Don't know much about the developer to be honest. I know they are French, and yeah, he, he appeared in a Discord Discord uh, channel I'm in about Discord channels. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, he said he's working on that and gave some keys, and I asked him if I can stream it, and he said, "Yeah, sure, please do." If, uh, it's an alpha build. It was an alpha build. <clears throat> it was fun. It was. Uh, was fun doing. I guess. <laughs> okay. I mean, the, the game was 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 okay. Uh, it's an alpha build. There's a lot of missing. I mean, for a deck builder, you need just a lot of content, and it has to fit together very specifically. Mm -hmm. So you can like build different decks. And I saw that there it was more or less hinting on, but you really didn't get enough cards to really build interesting decks, in my opinion. Mm. This is. Just like deck builds a, a huge amount of balancing, and if it's an alpha, I don't expect it to be really well balanced at all. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, inspired by Slay the Spire, which you could feel, could see a lot, but um, trying like to to put a spin on a lot of things that Slay the Spire does. Though. I don't know. I, I don't want to really dunk on the game because it was a, a cool idea. It, it's a uh, neuro deck is the name. Should have said that too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, a, a pod. This time I managed to to record the thing, <laughs> so you can still watch it on my um, Twitch page. And it's about it's a psychological deck builder, and so it has the theme of you are fighting different phobias. But I don't know. I was thinking about it a, a bit afterwards and I mean that you're only you're only ever fighting like one creature, one phobia instead of like multiple uh, means you don't have to target individuals. So the tactics are minimized with this design decision, which I I think I kind of felt mm -hmm. that there was something missing um, <clears throat> because 
The interesting thing about like deck building games especially is the amount of interesting decisions they give you and this game really it had decisions but they weren't quite interesting enough and there sometimes it was just too complicated to really calculate for example if you want to play a card you've got um, to keep in mind three resources so cards of course is the first one mm -hmm. Then how much, um, how much, what was it, um, stamina it costs you, sanity, mm -hmm. the sanity cost of the card, and then how many actions you have remaining. So every time you want to play a card, you, you have to think about, at least, you have to think about how much, um, sanity do I have and how much actions do I have and that really felt really taxing if I, if I have like three actions 50 um, sanity and I've got five cards and I want to calculate which cards and which order I want to play then each card usually does more than two things so I have to keep in mind like if I play this for five I can do six damage to the enemy and then, yeah so that was it was taxing, but it didn't really feel. Um, it didn't really gave me a, like a feeling of accomplishment. Mm. Um, just felt like like you know, math homework, I guess. <laughs> I um, see. And the second problem, um, you could draw cards also. Yeah. The interface had had a couple of problems, but again, it's an alpha. Um, which did you give feedback? Didn't really. Yeah, I, I sent him the the video and a few thoughts. Um, yeah, yeah, and the theme. So the theme, I like the theme. I like deck builders, mm. but I think they they um, don't like you. <laughs> no, they thought about both. They thought, wouldn't it be great to have a deck build about fighting phobias in your head? And they were like spinning around what you could do and then I went like oh, cool let's make a game game with this but the theme doesn't really fit so if I <clears throat> if you use a theme in a, in a game for example let's let's say we are we are making a medieval game um, it's a strategy game I can uh, I have like people who are um, who have bows and people who have swords so these are two kinds of units so the theme tells me that the people with the bows, they will shoot arrows from afar mm -hmm. and they will be less effective against um, people with swords in close combat. That's what the theme tells me. But in, in, in Eurodeck, the theme is there, but it, it doesn't really tell me anything except mm -hmm. like the phobia is something to fight. And I mean, why do I need to, why do I do sanity if I play a card and the card is like comfort food? What does does it, does this cost me sanity? I mean, I think comfort food didn't cost you any sanity, but like the actions cost you sanity. You have to watch your sanity and your health. But I'm in my mind, so why is is there health? Health should be sanity. And then sanity, which is the the resource to play the cards, mm. should have been like concentration or willpower. And then I would get rid of the actions altogether, but they just felt restrictive. Mm. Yeah.
and yeah also the cards like what they do in relation to what the theme tells you didn't really match up so it, it was a bit more confusing and it felt more like window dressing than really taking advantage of the idea i thought like maybe that this could be a cool game to think about um, mental health and different ways to fight your fears but it's just it's just a deck builder which happens to have as a theme mental phobias which was a bit disappointing but again it's, it's just an alpha so i don't want to dunk on the game sure. there's still potential there but uh, i think there needs to be a lot of changes before it's ready <laughs> and i don't know the quality of their other games how how willing they are to go iterations um and also, yeah, I know, I know, I, I always, I always want to make the games differently than <laughs> the people who are making them. <laughs> so, <clears throat> don't expect them to do it. But if you want to hire me as an, <laughs> uh, what's it called? Consultant. As a consultant, game design consultant. I love to do that work. I really like it. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. Maybe I will do this more often and yeah, um, hopefully sometime in the future. Complaining for a living well, sounds like a dream. <laughs> it's like tailor tailor made for me. <laughs> <laughs> Did I play anything? I don't think so. I've just been doing my ultra sudokus. I'm almost through. But then what? I've seen that. Um... There was a, a Sudoku game that some indies made and I think the game creates Sudokus for your level mm -hmm. automatically, which is pretty neat, but it was just iOS, so I didn't tell you. I was thinking of you for a second there. <laughs> and I also forgot who, who made the game. Oh, right. Um, it's, it's made by the cool um, web developer dude. Who has like these all all these cool different kind of projects? You remember that him? Give Brad Brad Vector. Brad Vector. Brad Vector, I think, is his name. What? That doesn't ring a bell at all. No, oh, he makes really cool stuff, like uh, web web based stuff, and I think he created a game with some other people. Um, pretty cool. Brad Brad Victor. That's what I'm trying to. Maybe interface designer, yeah, computer yeah, scientist, yeah. electrical engineer. Yeah. Worrydream.com. Yeah, yeah, that's that's him. Worrydream.com. That really does not cool website. Ring a bell. He's he's made so much cool stuff. Yeah, I found them back when we were in university. Ah, well, uh, I've been following him since. I thought yes. he was like, yeah, computer visualistic god, basically. <laughs> well, I guess I gotta check that out then. No. But no, that does not look familiar. Mm -hmm. <sighs> hmm. Well. <sighs> so, what else have you been lying awake thinking about talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... Let's get political. Oh, <laughs> yay. yay. So 
I don't have, I, I haven't made like a lot of notes. I, I started doing like notes, researching a bit more about uh, what's the state in the US right now. Um, so don't take me by my word for anything, but I think, <laughs> but yeah, apparently in Portland, they have been uh, demonstrating since the start of it. So like a couple of weeks now, like more than 50 days. Last time I checked mm. every day protesting, big protests. And yeah, I followed it a bit. Police is still going crazy. Um, and I think that the mayor uh, came a bit around, but Trump sent federal troops there to quell it. So basically using, now it's not quite the military, but basically using the military to, to suppress democratic demonstrations against police brutality, mm. um, which the mayor was against. And the good news is they have been retracted, I guess, mm -hmm. since. Like, I think maybe yesterday or so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, I know they, they've been like arresting people without warrant, without, um, talking to them. Some people speculate that this were not really, uh, arrests, but they were like extracting undercover police officers because mm -hmm. then people do that sometimes and they need like a way to get out and then they get arrested. I don't know. It didn't really look like like it to me. Um, then I've seen um, there was one woman who who went into the protest naked and faced the police completely naked. Have you heard that? Yes, where she sat on the street and then they actually left. Yeah, she she got them to leave. <laughs> I mean, she they couldn't really do much again against her and I've heard that uh, there's a common practice in Nigeria uh -huh. and the thinking behind it is that you're demonstrating so you're vulnerable completely vulnerable you are obviously un unarmed yeah so they can't really construe anything against you but at the same time you are showing so much um, you you're, you're so uh, what's it mood uh, bravery bravery yeah you're demonstrating how brave you are, how like unbending, unquivering, whatever the words are, mm -hmm. and that's really like it leaves a it's really deep impression for the people there, especially like the, the police who are standing against them, and they can't really do much against her. I mean, you you have this this you're hesitant to to touch naked people. I think it's normal, but. Um, then a naked woman, I mean, and you're police, that's weird, and everyone has a camera out, and then you can't hurt her because it will be immediately visible on her body. So if she starts bleeding, it will look horrible. If she, she gets like bruises, it will, it will show. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard for them to, to, to do anything against that. And then I found it very, very interesting, very um, hopeful. Made me hopeful, yeah.
and then um, people started organizing in like walls like there was a wall of moms mm -hmm. who went in front and there was a wall of vets who went in front um yeah and I'm, I'm really impressed that they are basically like what happened in hong kong that they are just not not giving up they are just constantly applying pressure showing showing their support or their um their anger yeah mm. yeah really interesting but i guess uh to keep you updated <laughs> bring you to today um so a lot of people oh man there's a lot going on there um but apparently trump now um was thinking about moving the election heard of that yeah <laughs> Which again is is your your fear of that they that he will just not leave. Yep. Manifested. Um, I've heard that um, even if they move the election, which he cannot do, mm -hmm. so so uh, like the Congress has to do it or something, or the Congress and the House together they have to to agree, and then it will be moved. Even then, he will not be president. When his uh, time ends, he's just not. They just don't have a president for that time then. So it's not really, really an option to extend his presidency. And I, I'm always like doubtful when Trump says anything, no matter how, how uh, sinister it sounds. Like more often than not, it's just, it's just crap. He's spouting just to get people talking and excited or annoyed or angry. Well, or afraid. But then for the last, has it been four years, three and a half? He has been doing a lot of horrifying crap that should not have been possible. So I am not Maybe. holding my breath for. Is that that's always how it goes? I always say, ah, okay. So all of this, okay, that happened, but this thing, that's not possible. And then it happens, and it happens, and it happens. And at some point, I'm just like, you know what? Nothing is impossible anymore. This is already this is already so far too far. Oh, mm. this has all gone. Like from the first minute, actually. And yeah, I mean, I've got a feeling that, I mean, I think Chomsky wrote, wrote a book about how... The, how America, how the U.S. is basically a third world country in a lot of aspects. And I think we just got fooled probably by the media, like it's their propaganda. Enter entertainment to believe that they were anything but a third mm -hmm. world country, that they were the leaders of the world, like <laughs> America first or whatever. And I think, yeah, you, I mean, you, you get this, Propaganda from, from when you were a child. I mean, like our our picture of the U.S. is ninety percent movies, and most movies are not really critical of the U.S. They're also hopeful and ah, America is so great, land of the freedom. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was like one one thought. Mm. How. Uh, yeah, completely not surprising. It's actually uh, is if you you 
just forget all the propaganda you saw over the years. Yeah, I mean, one of those things that I find always so wild, one of the most developed countries in the world, that I don't want to say most, but too many people don't even have an internet connection. Like, that that's even a thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's so strange to me. It seems like... Yeah, you would expect them all to have... I mean, we are all Germany, connected yeah. up and everything, so it's like, oh, it's just a bigger Germany. Although I'm sure, like, that, uh, it's a lot bigger, like, though. the backwoods thing. <laughs> yeah. But people wise, it's only like four times, I think. But they still have a good GDP, so they, they could manage. I mean, yeah, they should have the money. That's always really strange. And it, but yeah, anyway. I think the only thing, and I'm still, I'm trying not to, not to read news because I just, I just noticed I can't handle it, mm. <laughs> and and obviously there's some you know, uh, like consciousness thing, like how, what is my duty in like consuming these news and all that stuff. But I also figure, like, I'm probably not the person who needs to hear this, because I've been interested in this stuff and have, like, uh, read up and learned about these things long before it became, like, mm. you know, the the moment um, to care for a couple of days and then forget again. So I think I'm fine on that front, and I just gotta, you know, kind of manage, because I don't do well with these with these things because of that um, that helplessness yeah. we've talked about a bunch like I take on all these problems take them real to heart and then I can do nothing about them and it just crushes me so I try to focus on the things that I can change mm. <laughs> and still like uh, even though I'm not on anything I still know that there's unmarked vents abducting people and that they're apparently using some kind of new gas where I just saw pictures of trees going around where the gas grazed that the, those leaves have rotted. Like that the bottom half of a tree is like suddenly rotted and things like that. And the people like recommend, you know, keep sort of track, uh, not without directly documenting that you were mm. uh, at a thing, but uh, look out for cancer and stuff long term. And that's all, that's all a bit wild. <laughs> Because of course that could have been something else. It could have been a problem with the tree, but then maybe, maybe not. Maybe the obvious uh, <laughs> correlation is sometimes the real one. <sighs> Everything's so messed up. Hmm. And I, I don't know if I if I uh, if I ask you this, but have you heard like um. Do you remember like the compare comparisons of, of Hitler and Trump? Yes, like a lot of people made them, and I also made them. Yeah. At first, they were like, uh, my feeling too was like, let's not get too far. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's not get too far with comparisons like that. You are diminishing the threat that mm -hmm. Hitler actually was. Mm -hmm. Like you're um, these or you're sensitizing history. I don't know. There, there are a couple of like. Um, ways to to um, make sense about that but recently I've been thinking 
the other way around. Has Hitler become too much of like, like the essence of evil that people forget that he was a human being too, like Trump, and that they are in fact not very far apart. I mean, Hitler wasn't like, uh, he wasn't like advertising that he will like kill people like that. He, the Holocaust wasn't like on their on their party profile. <laughs> nope. No, he, he did. He, 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 he was a populist like Trump was. Yes. And, and he didn't, his, his evil side just came off when he were, when he was like, when he had the power. Just like Trump now. Mm. And I mean, I think they both have very clearly said what they're going to do. Like Trump also with the immigrants and also all that stuff. And we know that there's concentration camps of immigrants that are fairly close to being gassed now with Corona, where they sprayed with chemicals mm. every, every 15 minutes that are not made for humans mm. and all shit like that. And, you know, I mean, it seems to me like people took away the really wrong lessons from the Nazis, which I don't know if that's down to their own propaganda because everything we know about the Third Reich is only, or what we've seen, is only mm. what they wanted us to see. Mm. The movies and all that stuff, that's how they wanted to be seen. That's how we see them, kind of a way. We don't have Wait, like real... How we, we saw the Nazis or how... Like the actual Nazis, yes. So like, like... We know their uh, iconography from the propaganda. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what it was really like. We mostly know some... Do we? I mean, we do have like a lot of his, historical records. We do have like video footage. That is not propaganda. Well, that's, well, of course it's propaganda. It's all propaganda. I mean, yeah, but that's what I mean. We don't have like a real view. And it seems to me like that people took away yeah. from that. As long as it doesn't look like uh, a Leni Riefenstahl movie, then it can't be Nazis. Or that. Well, basically, but it does look like that. It did look like that. That's the crazy part with with the Trump and, and their. Oh no, for sure, for sure. I just meant um, that you know, Nazi Germany did not look at all times like any Leni Riefenstahl movie. They specifically right. made that, and they looked hmm. like so imposing because they had a lot of money to spend on that. But that doesn't mean that hmm. the country actually. I mean, it's the idea they wanted to sell, and and I feel like. That that has turned them into into kind of a supervillain thing, where now nobody thinks like ah real people aren't like that. And I think that's exactly the lesson we should have learned, because people back then surely also said ah, it can't possibly be so bad. Like nobody does this. Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody exactly. goes and murders like six million people. All this this would you go back in time to kill Hitler as a baby? <laughs> yeah, all those people are now defending Trump because they don't like to be told that they're racist. <laughs> I see that so much. Um, and yeah, and the lesson that people seem to have taken away from the Nazis is, ah, no, nobody's like that. That doesn't happen. Nobody can do what Hitler did because that was like a one-time thing that will never happen again. And so now we look at Trump and it's like, ah, no, ah, he could never be like that. That only happens when supervillains uh, and not realizing that it's exactly what he is. <laughs> My reasoning for, for a lot of the time was like, uh, Trump isn't smart enough for that. <laughs> it can't be Hitler. He Hitler was probably smarter, but I don't know how smart Hitler really was, to be honest. Probably it's not. also like 
like normal smart, I would say. I, I'm I'm still thinking that he also had like the people behind him, yeah, the Goebbels sure. and all of that. Who, I mean, he did appear out of nothing more more or less. I mean, and I mean, he could talk at least. That that's could, one thing you can say about talk, it. Like yeah. he could put two words together. Well, Trump is super proud of Trump. drinking with one hand. Trump can talk too. He, it's not like. <laughs> Different well, I kinds. guess he talks the language of his people. Yes, exactly. They, they, I mean, <laughs> Hitler's uh, speeches, they weren't like like groundbreaking. You're not listening to Hitler's speeches now and go like, wow, he really had a point. No. It, it's really, it's efficient in what it's trying to do. Yeah. And that's what Trump does as well. He has these short sentences. He repeats a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Nah, this is not, none of this is nice. Yeah, and I mean, the, we are, yeah, this election will be scary. Yes. I'm already scared. I mean, mm. it seems to be that there is no real good that can come from it. Nope. If you lose us. Then you well, have how re react, yeah. I mean, Biden is not and a progressive he, candidate, so he must be so afraid also from what would happen if he lost. I mean, there really, there really isn't much support for for Trump anymore. But people are just they don't want to vote for Biden apparently. Which okay, I mean, if you just have two, I mean, I get it. I don't want to. I would want to vote for Biden too, but if you don't have an option for anyone else what are you going to do you have to and, and then like like um russia's meddling it it will be again it's it's that is what russia was working for for years there's this this uh russian plan from i don't know 1990 or so where they thought like what what do we need to do to get uh, powerful again mm. and I was like we need to destabilize the US we need to destabilize the, the EU and it seems to fall into place right now and I'm yeah really worried about what what uh, Russia will, will do when uh, when this election comes around and then they, they are trying to to deregister voter to make voting more uh, harder than it is to uh, to outlaw like mail voting by mail. Then I heard to, yesterday I read or today I read that uh, the post office is completely overworked right now. So even if if they would do the um, voting by mail, that they would have delays. Of like uh, weeks or so. Uh. Yeah, it's not looking good. And then you, you, yeah, the question is what, what will happen to Germany? I mean, I mean, Turkey, Ukraine, Russia. There's been so much, uh, yeah, more or less blatant fascism coming back to the surface right now that if the US keeps this up who knows what will really 
I mean, we're doing it too. The numbers of the of our Nazi party they just seem to go up. The police is just as fascist as everywhere else. It's I wouldn't go that far, but still too fascist. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, they are. I mean, you've heard about that thing where they like tried to sue the Tuts, uh, the big German newspaper, for writing a critical headline of the police. So they sued them and had them retracted and all kinds of stuff. No, didn't do that. We have a deeply fascist police force. It is also a problem. Of course, we hear about it less, but it is a, the same problem. Hmm. And it is also blatant and very, very much there. We just have to. <laughs> have to look I guess so yes nothing is nice <laughs> well not nothing is nice <laughs> still have video games and movies ah they're also not uh, nice they're very medium <laughs> and then of course like, even if Trump is gone you still have the Senate and the houses and everything that is full of people who supported all that and will because it's not just the whole thing is rotten. You basically would have to. Yeah, Trump is a symptom. It's not the the problem, not yeah. the root of the problem by far. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't even elected. It's like what happened because of those people who have mm. way too much power over that. We didn't want to impeach. Yeah. We're all very fine with all the crap that's happening, and how are you gonna get them out? Especially when that's in the best interest of the people who have all of the money, because they wanna keep it. Hmm. It always comes down to that, right? Yep. Because, like the um, what's the the English word for bedingungsloses uh, Grundeinkommen? Um, universal basic income. Universal basic income. I had that. Um, I read this quote. Or did I hear it? That you know what? <laughs> you know what would have prevented Hitler's rise to power? Universal basic income. Then, because then he would have stayed an artist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, really, sure. it <laughs> seems to be so easy. <laughs> if everyone just gets his, like, basic needs mm. met, no. what yeah. kind of society would we live in? Because so much of the struggle is because of, because of people who do not have enough mm. and people who are afraid of giving their stuff away because they think there's so many people if I give give this away I will have nothing left. I mean that's what they keep saying, right? That they're not they're not really Nazis, they're just people with economic anxiety. So we just take away the economic anxiety problem solved. Yeah, exactly. Did <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spain do it? Mm, I don't know. I think they I think it was Spain. Some There's European been a, like a lot of uh, experiments, and I think like most uh, were positive, or at least not a catastrophic failure where nobody worked anymore and they all died or some whatever. Like the 
opponents of universal basic income think will happen if there is no no more yeah. need to work yeah they did in reaction to the corona crisis that they started the ah, cool universal so, basic income experiment oh, let's see how that works out and probably fine because maybe I mean, we can just, move <laughs> i mean that's that's the weird thing like when people have money they don't keep it they buy more stuff that means the money goes into the economy and the rich people get it back so what's the what's the problem you just give people money to give it back to you <laughs> i think it's the the power right if you if you're not desperate <clears throat> Oh, you do not you need, need to work for McDonald's for shitty price. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Universal basic income would be a dream. I mean, for game developers, especially. It would be. We could it's... just work away on our stuff without a worry about if this is really making the money back. That is because that is really the whole problem. I don't. I think we talked before Hootout about that, but I don't know if we talked about it during the Hootout um, about? about you know making money and uh, how what we like really try to achieve, what our goals, mm -hmm. or what's what how do we define success for ourselves, and this is something that I'm really noticing. Like last year was so terrible. <laughs> there were so many things going on and everything seemed to get worse and worse left and right. And um, last year, you're talking about last year. Last year. For you personally. For me personally was was quite I'm good now. I'm okay. I'm I'm a hermit anyway, so I don't mind the corona much. I mean I kind of would like to see my wife again at some point, but uh, as far as impact goes, I think I'm very lucky in that regard also that we managed to get the funding so we are unaffected. And I guess even on un unemployment, I wouldn't have been so affected. Uh, but but yeah, dealing with unemployment, dealing you know with a thousand organizational st things, um, you know, even just getting the paperwork to be allowed to get married and stuff like that was a whole nightmare. And, and us trying to get funding and trying to figure out mm. uh, how do we do this? Can we get this? Where do we get the our share of the? I'm just a fear. Budget. Like, what if it doesn't work out? Exactly. That's because what, that, that that really got me yeah, down. Yeah, because the time. the welfare office was also on my ass. You know, at some point, and I kept saying, no, no, we're gonna get the funding. Leave me be. And they kept like, nah, at this point, you really have to like do something. That's something. Mm. I'm like, Ugh. and just the stress of it all, and you know, and having no money and all that stuff. Um, it was really a really rough year. And now we got the funding, we have like, I don't even have that much money and it worries me still now and then, but um, it's still secure. And even if it's just until the end of the year, I notice how much better I'm doing that I don't have to constantly worry about how am I gonna eat next month, basically. Mm. Even, yeah, and that's, that's such a big, big thing. Yeah, I guess I, for the most time, don't even realize like how much this um, anxiety of like just basic yeah. stability, I mean, how much that like tears at the. I mean, that's the whole reason why. I guess uh, what started out as a hobby, 
has become kind of unpleasant in many ways. The whole game development thing, not because I don't like it, but because suddenly it has to, suddenly it's responsible for my lack of stability that mm. has overtaken in many regards and has made it at times really difficult to keep going. And there were many times over the years where I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm not enjoying it. I hate making games now. And mostly because they couldn't provide me the stability that I needed. And so it was a constant stress. And I was constant, am I making this? Is this going to make me money? Um, can I go into this idea that I want to do? And that's, uh, if that was set, if we were just good, and we could just make whatever, and that would, that would be a dream. To mm. just make whatever, not worry how it will perform and feed us tomorrow. And it's a crazy thing because our most successful games mm -hmm. were born out of just freely exploring it. Mm -hmm. It was uh, the day which you made in, in the game jam mm -hmm. and the wizard, which I did after our our uh, like main project we tried to do to make money failed. <laughs> Though I think that's still a really cool project that I would like to see one day. Just yeah, I think sure. we underestimated what two and a half people can really do. <laughs> I mean, there, there are like there are multiple studies that that show that poverty uh, reduces your IQ mm. just because of the stress. So you have no resources to think. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're supposed to pull yourself up with your, on your bootstraps. Yeah. Which you know, did you know that this expression "pull yourself up from your bootstraps" doesn't make sense, right? Of course not. You can't. And it used to be a saying to express that something is impossible. <laughs> of course. And that's what they what they tell poor people today yeah and i mean <laughs> because they 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 literally forgot that it's impossible they literally didn't don't know that this is what they want from them is not possible like maybe i think they know it's impossible. one in a million they keep saying i did it and what they mean by pull themselves up by the bootstraps is with a starting loan of 10 million from their rich dads and yeah because they they feel like it's it has been so hard for me <laughs> and it, ha it probably has been hard for them Let's, let's not yeah let's, everything is stressful but um, yeah exactly <laughs> life is stressful even if you got everything i mean just just like the the stuff you you get from your parents all the the shit and all the expectations that society places on you and maybe you're not not a white man you know that could be the case as well although you are rich i mean that's the conversation then, about privilege right everything sucks yeah but if you are a certain type of person, then things suck even more on top of it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, a lot of people don't realize that because they, they haven't experienced it. And they are so just caught up with their own stuff and their own problems. And you know, I, I have sympathy for that because I'm just like it. <laughs> I'm just like cusping to the point where, where I realize how much of a... Uh, Ignoramus I am. <laughs> Dingus is good as well. <laughs> ah, crap. Hmm? Now I'm remembering that I wanted to start today the introduction with, hey, it's your boy Krabman here with my boy Dobby. What? Now I forget. <laughs> Damn it. 
The further would have been a nice callback to last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh well. Next time. Next time. <laughs> We're looking forward to it. I'll bring my sock. Yes. Um, but so, speaking of making games and stuff, uh, I guess I'll, I can share a little bit about the Pepper Prince. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Because I had some, some thoughts. Although I, I sometimes think like nobody's really interested in what we do with our games. They're just... Nobody cares now. Um, so I'm not going to talk about the game so much, more about me making the game, I guess. Because I have not worked on that game for over a year. And you're still not working on it because that would be I a refuse. breach of our contract. I refuse. I would never. Yeah. Um, no, because... So the issue that I had, besides... Oh, hey! Someone bought the Pepper Prince. Thank mm -hmm. you. Did you enjoy it? Um, also, I have been stuck with this. I mean, part of that I thought was that um, the rock, paper, shotgun article gave me kind of suddenly high expectations for where I didn't have any. That's something, oh, someone cares about that. And then nobody felt like cared about part two. And it was like, uh, yeah. all this work and there's like what, 20 people who bought the seasoning pass so 20 people who might fire it up or maybe not because they just got it on sale and they don't actually play it or something no, have you, have, you could have look could look at the uh, achievements to see ah i guess we could I well we don't have to now i mean just in yeah. general well the point uh is that i started working on the third episode i got like it's almost done technically but um but somehow i couldn't finish it and i got really burnt out on it and it was probably also everything else that happened last year that it was such a ridiculously <laughs> taxing uh, time but then well we talked about it uh beginning of this week i think we uh, I mean, when during meeting, during meeting, you said, "Hey, what about the Pepper Prince?" Okay. And um, and I had been thinking about it because I've also had uh, conversations with my wife um, about just you know, like this this fear of doing something because of the fear of sucking. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because it's always like it's always amazing in your head, and then you're just terrified suddenly that it, you. That I'm unable to to make that reality, and then I looked at what I had, and it just felt boring. And I was like, "Is this now something that I always think?" Because I also thought that the second episode was gonna suck, but then, and I put it out, and I actually, I actually really love it. It's it's really good, to be it's honest. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but this one, I couldn't get to that point. Even it just felt completely like this is gonna be boring. And I tried to figure out, like, what's the problem? What is that what I'm trying to achieve with this? And it took me really until now, maybe more headspace, maybe learned a lot more over the past year um, about structuring a story and stuff and realizing that I kind of um, missed, missed the exact thing I tried to do while I was doing it. 
So if you look at it uh, structurally, right, the first episode is just a good fun time. You have something cute to accomplish. You talk to all those friendly characters. It's, it's just a pleasant time. It's not very hard. It's just, yeah, it's basically the, this is the status quo. Everything's fine. Everything's beautiful. And then you have the first, oh my God, um, twist. And, and then the second one is the one where, you know, you, it starts to deal with the fallout of it and you try to contain uh, what happens, but it keeps escalating and you can't really do anything about it because, you know, you're just kind of trying to help your friend, but they are not really letting you help. And yeah, kind of pushing you to do some very not so good things. <laughs> And um, then suddenly disappear. So like it keeps, it starts off in a bad place and it gets worse. And whatever you try to like resolve this, it doesn't work. And so the third one then in my head was the princess disappeared. You're trying to find him. And on the way, you learn more about it. Like it wouldn't be about, you know, finding him or anything. It would only be about the, the search, basically. And, well, if you, I guess what I did is sort of that, that it is kind of a journey where you learn more about his past, but not really about the character, just about events that happened that I guess are nice to know about, but that don't really inform anything, really. Hmm. It gives a context that is not necessarily needed to understanding the character better. And that is a problem I'm actually aware of. I'm very, I'm very good at plotting. I'm not very good at character. Like I'm very plot focused and plot centric in my approach. And the character usually comes intuitively. Um, is it? This was always like my feeling that a lot of of your storytelling is just intuitive. Absolutely, it is. Um, and then you look over it and you see like, ah, oh, all right, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that, cool. that happens a lot. Uh, and I'm also having this realization with the Pepper Prince now because I'm now figuring out what I'm actually doing. <laughs> now that I know what was missing. So uh, this time ahead of time. Yeah, because it was it actually was not working. Because what the third part needs to be about is to... So you have the normal, you have the problem and the escalation. And now you need to know why did this happen and what is going to be needed to resolve this later. It I basically built a filler episode by giving some context for events, but not mm. for character. And so mm. what I really need to do is that the third episode is all about who is the prince? Why is the prince someone who built a beautiful uh kind kingdom suddenly turning into such a toxic person hmm. um what is the damage basically and interesting oh i'm excited actually <laughs> <laughs> and as i figured that out and was also thinking about well why is he like that you know there's some spoil it here right i will not okay, cool. i would never um but that really was like a oh shit so that's what i'm doing moment as i that was one of those things. I just started writing it. I thought it was cute. You know, and now that I'm like, holy shit, this is going somewhere. <laughs> and it's going somewhere really interesting, I think. And yeah, so I'm excited again 
to finish this. Now I'm scared again, and will I be able to pull it off? But mm. <laughs> at least I know what's but, what's been missing. But that's the, the usual fear. That's the fear you have. <laughs> usual fear. <laughs> but yeah, there's a but there's now a lot of ways how the basic. I mean, of course, I had a outline uh, for the episodes and they're still it's still gonna follow them mm. but now i better understand what the purpose of that was what the story even is that i want to tell and there's mm. like things that are coming together in a way i always love that when it, it's like it's like it clicks you yeah. know like like legos you have this part and it fit perfectly together suddenly and some things that are retroactively um given a new sense kind of I mean, it's sort of like with the, um, I also did a lot of that in the second episode where things from the very first gem game that I made are part of the story and the puzzles now, like the sunken cheese boat. Mm. That is a dumb joke that I made in the, <laughs> where it was still a clicker game. There was the explanation for why there's a, a fairy, 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 fairy. <laughs> and, but why you had to first get enough peppers to buy a boat because they had a, boat out of cheese and it sank because of the holes and so that i could you know pull this back in and you know what it's been said that was once a boat and you go find it <laughs> which i think is still the hardest puzzle in the whole thing yeah people struggle sometimes <laughs> well yeah so things like that you know where you can take an element that was just for a laugh or for whatever reason suddenly you can say that's why this is like this and then it's like this whoa yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited about that, but, um, but yeah, it's something that I want to try, like in writing in general, um, to think about character first, hmm. because uh, I think this intuitive approach can work, but I think I haven't would have an easier time, and maybe could from from the start like build hmm. something more meaningful if you go by this plot is nice, but you connect to the person going through it, right? So that's. Uh, that should be interesting. It's just like my whole life I've practiced plot. So mm. this practicing character, like approaching that with a with a real uh, understanding of how this works from a craft perspective, it's weird. Because I guess um, I always want to avoid being cliche mm. and thus um, kind of feeling like I want to write about average people. And so I don't think about it as like, what's their wound, their defining wound? Mm -hmm. What's their fear? What is what they need to overcome? Because then I think, oh, that's like, it's yeah. like watching a sitcom. Oh, that's the smart one. That's the, that's the, uh, the guy who's yeah. always afraid of everything. And there, there was like a time in, in uh, tabletop role-playing games where like a lot of, of the, the systems, they had like, you need one weakness. Yeah, and it made it, obviously that's great for the storytelling in the game, but it always felt so uh, stale and so constructed to me. That I always hated it. I I loved the idea like that that you can't make a character that's just good in all respects, but then mm. that you have to choose like what's your weakness. That always felt off to me. But yeah, you need that to, to tell a story. <laughs> Absolutely. Otherwise, there's no arc. There's nothing yeah. to overcome. And just because you can make it in a very obvious sitcom mm. kind of way, 
uh, doesn't mean that, you know, even the ones that feel like that are just regular people. I mean, we are just regular people, but we have a defining, <laughs> a defining wound that we're trying to overcome. That is kind of the drive behind the things we do and how we react to stuff. And I guess it's I just... I never thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> that way. It's, uh, yeah. Everybody has something. And I guess that was the mistake I made in approaching the parents because I wanted everything to be pleasant and nice, but then still tell a story that has like trauma at its mm. core and hurt. And then by the fourth, but the other Pepper Prince is just a very nice guy suddenly going through something, which totally ignored that, but but he can't be just all nice and suddenly going through something. There has to be a reason for that. And yeah, I'm excited to explore that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna be I really wanna try that sometime to just make up characters and then just see what happens from there. Not to think about a plot first and then, but to just, this is a person who has this and they like this and they do that and this is the other and then just see what happens. Basically, like, yeah, uh, Stephen King, right? He, he writes it. He supposedly writes like that. He, he makes his characters, then he makes the setting, plays the characters, and then he thinks, like, what would they do? Yeah. And he sees, he sees where, or he watches where the plot goes. Yeah, that's so often, the main thing I, I mean, know that he just writes and yeah. sees. But often, I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan, to be honest, because sometimes for me, I, I feel that, that, that it, it feels directionless to a point where I I don't feel like it's it's just life, but I feel like it's just... I don't know. I, I lose, like, I get disillusioned, kind of. I mean, I remember feeling that way about the Dark Tower yeah, exactly. thing. That's what I was thinking about, to be honest. I just uh, read, like, half, half of the first book. And, yeah, I felt like, what? <laughs> <laughs> then his fingers are bitten off. Why? I mean, huh? Just, uh, I, I, I will just have to give them another shot. Shaking, shaking my head all the time. I read them when they, when I was young, and as they came out, so I read the first three, and then I think the next four as they came out, I read them. Uh, so it's been a while. I have the eighth one that is like a recent edition. I have that here, but I want to read the whole thing again. Mm. And just reading it just now, um, I am really just excited the entire time. Like even. Even the parts that I was kind of dreading, because like the interludes, mm. I was like, oh, this is going to be boring, but they're actually kind of really good and interesting. Mm. So it's like, I am still fascinated. Um, and I would like to see how I feel about the, I mean, the Dark Tower series is like one of my favorite things ever. I was bored half the time, but I'm so glad that I was, basically. That's, that's how I felt about a lot of Stephen King. Like, it's kind of tedious sometimes, but I'm always glad I read it. Mm. Um, I would like to see how I feel about it now, like how it, yeah, just how it hits my now much more adult eyes. Um, when this is saying in storytelling, conflicts are the things which makes the story interesting. Very true. It's like in life, if all goes well and no and fine, nobody talks about it. As soon as something happens, it's in the news. Yes, indeed, stories are conflict, basically. Just conflict and attempts at resolution. Um, so yes, for sure, there needs to be 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm noticing this with Metal Chaser especially. I've written the book. I tried to read it and it's awful. It's just, I'm just explaining the plot at the, at the reader the entire time. The characters are just like, oh, by the way, this is what happens and this is why. And it's like, there's no, uh, and it's all like, and so, <laughs> so now in, you know, realizing and trying to figure out how to do it. And it's basically that I didn't write characters. I just pretended to have characters to explain the plot that I had come up with, which is very good, but I think I'm going to need some people in there to so, make it bearable. <laughs> uh, what is it called? Shamala... Shamalog? Shamalog? <laughs> because, uh, what's his name again? Shamala... Shamalan? Yeah, yeah. He, he does it a lot. People just stand around and talk about it. Like especially in the Avatar. Oh god. Movie. <laughs> They're just standing around I... and talking. And explaining everything to the to and the, the way they do it, I have never seen such a stilted performance. And I have worked in community theater. <laughs> it's just I don't know what he was doing. Like, I'm I'm flabbergasted at this movie, completely. Like every choice is so terrible. I am I can't even. I mean, the bending, the bending, right where they do, and then yeah. one stone flies, and it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You have this huge FX uh, budget, and is this what you're doing? Like one little splash here and there? But did he have a huge FX? Because I think it really so. It doesn't look like it. I mean, be, that's the locations, everything. That looks beautiful. Like when they fly past yeah, lot, the temple. Lot of shot the... on, on location, I, I've heard. Huh. Well, I'm sure he could have done more than one little ball of water. Like, I mean, you didn't need, need a dance choreography of seven people, like, to do one stone. It's just, it's just such nonsense. I don't even... stone, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Twitter, I saw them put next to each other the scene in the movie, yeah. the scene in the series, and just, in the series, it was like, water here, ice there, like, from yeah, yeah. and the other one, they're just dancing, and then there's, like, a little bit that's a little bit drippy here and there. And it's, I don't know. Oh yeah. God, I hate that movie. <laughs> and for a long time, I thought, like, M. Night Shyamalan is just a terrible, terrible director. And maybe he was, because he was up his ass too far. But now that he seems to kind of calm down, I loved Split. Almost. Almost. I have some trouble with the ending. Um, it's just an element that I don't like. Uh, but Glass was great. The Visit was great. Have you seen The Visit? With the kids who visit their grandparents. Ah, right, we we saw that. Yeah, that was that was also such a good movie, oh, like a nice good movie. fun time. Yeah, it's true. It was great. I mean, uh, Unbreakable was great, but like the first movies he made, they were pretty great. I've heard that that it's often in the case of directors that at first they're very limited what they can do, <laughs> and then and they, they get too much freedom. No one who says no, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then then the movies become. But they were also so self-absorbed. I mean, he was in the movie as a writer who is God in Lady in, in the Water. Like, it's about how writer is God and he's playing the writer who turns I out to be God and all kinds that. of weird nonsense. And he just seemed to be very far up his ass. <laughs> That's just... That's one way to find yourself, I guess. Hey. <laughs> okay. One tip regarding characters which I use. Make a character net. Basically take every character and write two or three sentences down. 
what he thinks about every other character. Interesting. This really helps to find problems in the character interactions or interesting conflict potential dynamics. That is a cool tip. Yeah, I've heard that before. That is cool. I've never like, done I'm... that because my games usually don't have characters. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really have mechanics. Well, I'm still working at like really understanding what goes into that uh, from, you know, from a mechanical, from the craft perspective. Mm. I like rules and uh, understanding how things work, systems and everything. Uh, and I have not really, I mean, I read a lot about it, you know, I listened to a lot of uh, writers, um, like the Neil Gaiman masterclass, that was really, really nice. Mm. Um, and... I'm still kind of working at understanding like how do I build a character and what what helps me at the moment is like this basic thinking okay what's the what's the defining wound what's their fear what's uh, like these handful of things where in trying to answer them I also have like character trees and like the seven questions you should ask about the character and all that but it's still it's not it has either not sunk in it or it's not formulated in a way that like translates as the oh this is the this is the mechanism mm. behind it uh yet but i guess it's a thing that i will just have to try and practice yeah i guess it has to be you have to absorb it mm. so it becomes intuitive again and i have mm. to just do it a lot which yeah. i'm afraid of doing because i feel i'm gonna suck at it because i have not practiced it enough oh, well, you're, you're telling me <laughs> I mean, I, I absorb content like that as well. Like, yeah, I love watching stuff about mm. movies and, and books. And I'm not making any movies. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I used to write, like, short stories. Mm. But I just stopped when I decided to make games. And I'm not making games with stories in them. But still, I, I have this, this need to consume all that. And I think someday I will probably want to write something again. Until then, <laughs> just yeah. consuming it. But it's interesting. That's a thought I had a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, so basically, I, I still want to to go like to through the, the YouTube channels we we watch. And they have different categories. So I have like like a ten for video game analysis. Then I have like. Uh, social, political, philosophical, and then I have movies. Mm. And I usually I just binge one of them until I get tired, and then I go in the next category. Yeah, and yeah, it's interesting. I I think I I watch as much about movies as I watch about video games, if not more. I uh. I think even more. Yeah, I always wonder why. Yeah. Maybe you should do movies. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm also just I'm just really fascinated with the craft of storytelling and all that. Um, but I also noticed because I think that was sort of my maybe that is kind of a little bit my problem that I am very practiced in academic writing, hmm. like in essays and making an argument. And I'm trying to apply that to storytelling. Like I write my stories, like I write like an, an argument. argument. Oh. But in an argument, you know, you lay out every point and explain it so that the person understands it well. In a story, I think you just give people something to fill in their own hmm. blanks, basically. And that's and there's a lot of lot of thoughts 
that have been going around for the past year <laughs> since I've because I've finished I think the first draft um, beginning of last year or maybe Isn't pretty much a year draft? I guess technically well I first wrote it as a short story that was 18,000 words long and then I wrote it as a novel which was 100,000 words long all of them bad <laughs> and yeah, and I'm trying to figure out how to do it better. It's so much better now that I haven't read it. Because <laughs> honestly, I tried, but I, I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm approaching it a little bit too. Uh, I want to write well, and I want to mm. explain, ex I want to direct what the person is feeling and thinking and seeing and all that stuff. And I think I just got to chill out a bit and just tell the story. When I, when I was writing short stories, I always just had a cool idea, yeah. and I wanted to 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 have the reader experiences. Mm. Like for example, I, I wanted to have like a science fiction story where they li live underground, and so because they don't have a lot of energy, it's mostly in the dark. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I, I thought, oh, that's cool, let's, let's write something about that. And then I started like writing, it gets just, yeah, B-movie isn't really the, isn't <laughs> bad enough for, for what, uh, what happens. Or I wanted to have, I wanted to have, I really liked Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Frankenstein's monster is a cool character to me. So I wanted to have uh, a character that, that gets uh, resurrected by a necromancer kills the necromancer and lives on and now it's like searching for meaning yeah okay that searching for meaning is something i think now <laughs> uh, you can bring me a beer as well yeah, no. <laughs> that's what i'm doing nice uh so my thought was wouldn't it be cool if you are like this frankenstein's monster zombie thing and you could just like uh, attach uh, limbs from other people and use them so you can like I don't know I want to have a third arm let's <laughs> let's attach one cool okay let's oh this guy has a, has a really strong arm I want this arm yeah that looks neat let's let's get that <laughs> yeah that's how far my ideas always went and then I start writing and I, it just feels so so bad that I stopped and then that was 10 years ago or so maybe yeah I think this intuitive writing is it works for me when the story is short enough yeah when I don't need to like explore and explain the character but you still get it that's what I thought with the thing. with the pepper prince yeah like the first one intuitive writing worked but now you have like multi-part so the intuitive writing is doesn't really work because now it has to fit in there well, now I have to explain it because that's what it is. is uh, is a, it's an exploration into yeah. the character. That's what the story is, and so I can't like, just intuit it and yeah, not explain it. Yeah, yeah, you can't just go whatever. <laughs> like, you, need, you need to to have a specific thing, and you really have to think about it too. Yeah, like the day, it's a short story, and you yeah. get who the character is, and I even I could probably articulate it. I try to articulate it in the blog post I wrote, but. Um, that is short enough that I can be intuitive and you get it through the actions. I don't have to spell it out. Mm. And I think that's the story that I'm writing now. It's just one. And of course, if you write a book, 
then it's just all character the whole time <laughs> and a little bit of plot here and there hmm. that I think is well, that's it, what I really it doesn't have to be like that there are a lot of books that aren't like just character I mean like the Douglas Adams stuff for example I would have to it's read just, it just a lot of silliness I mean there are characters in there but it's they're not the focus of that or their their art isn't the focus it's more like having a, a weird world to explore and like one joke after the other I'm sure that could work I mean I haven't read it I just saw the movie um, but it's also a very short book no? and they probably not still have it no it isn't Hitchhiker's Guide is, is it like a Taschenbuch paperback that you get from the airport I think it has multiple parts to it though uh, so I had like one with all parts like all books hmm okay well, it's pretty nice to read. Yeah. Read to me. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just want to talk about Stephen King again. So <laughs> go for whatever you want to say. <laughs> I always wondered why why I like like Douglas Adams writing. Yeah. And Terry Pratchett, I can't get into because he's too mm. silly for me. I completely lose all um like what's that called? I don't feel the world is real. Uh -huh. I think like he he just writes what he wants, just to put in rude. There. <laughs> just doesn't, writing what he wants doesn't make any he sense. Think he is. <laughs> doesn't. Yeah, I want I want to have a world with rules, and then I want the story inside these rules, and I want to understand them. And if the rules are broken without explanation, or if I I feel like there are no rules, he's just like throwing in whatever. Yeah. But even if, like Stephen King, for example, you know the rules of the world because it's basically always in our world. Mm. And then at specific points, they break. And this is an interesting part of it because you don't know. You think you know the rules, but you don't. But in Terry Pratchett, they are broken all the time. And it's always just joke, 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 joke. Douglas Adams, too. But Douglas Adams, to a lesser extent, maybe. I don't know can't really say hmm. I also haven't read any Terry Pratchett but since there's such a love I would maybe I'll try one day and maybe it is something where all the jokes add to something rather than just being because I guess if everybody loves it so much there has to be more than I think Terry Pratchett has a couple of really cool characters as well interesting characters with problems they yeah like when you have, when i read like small quotes or something that always seems super interesting yeah and very very smart writing also um and this is saying in case of changing your writing from academic to more prose one thing that helped me was the sentiment of show it don't explain it for sure uh if you go through your story and kill the passages where you just explain it then i don't have a book anymore <laughs> <laughs> and replace it with character action it usually begins to yep improve the story yes absolutely absolutely um and that's exactly the thing i mean i also noticed that i have sort of a resistance to really think about why the characters are the way they are or who they are exactly because i feel like i'm gonna be bad at it somehow mm. because i project too much of yourself on them or like on how you think people are yeah like that i don't that I'm, i feel like i'm not good and it's it's very very contradictory thing because i'm very good at reading people I'm very good at figuring out why is a person acting like they're acting and all that stuff. 
Like usually it takes me a couple of minutes and I can tell a person. Always oh, annoyed when you say that. <laughs> But yeah, it's just. I don't like when people uh, say good stuff about themselves. Like I can do this or that, <laughs> except it's something like I can do 100 push-ups and then they show me. Then I'm you know, okay, that's all right. Yeah, I'm right. I I, I excel at reading people. <laughs> But how would you know? Because you can't Because look I do. inside them. Because I do. But I do. And I keep forgetting what it is, but we have also had many conversations here where you said, uh, how do you know this? And I'm like, you do this and that, right? And you feel like this and you kind of, like, how do you know this? No. That has never happened. happened all, many all times. imagined. <laughs> so now I know why but, you think that. <laughs> but you only admit to it when you're drunk. That's why I don't remember <laughs> the next day. <laughs> but um, no, I am good at that. But then I feel like I couldn't articulate it. You know, I find it difficult to say, um, like I had this conversation with my wife, for example, you know, kind of the question, like, what do I, you know, I think, I don't know if she asked me, what do you love about me or something? And it's something where I like, I know it, but I don't know how to say it. And then, you know, as I thought about it and I started talking, you know, things came out, but it's like, I feel this intuitively and I don't know how to say it or how to describe a person like What they like? Why do I appreciate certain mm -hmm. things? And that feels difficult because I guess I don't do it a lot. I guess I analyze certain actions a lot, mm. but then to really so you go one direction, but the other direction you would need for writing. Kind of because I can't just know how these people would act. I need to be able to articulate it and mm -hmm. use that, uh, like build on this. You you get to know people by their actions, mm. but now you want to. Build persons from yeah. who the person is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's probably like the direction of how uh, how this. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, practice. I just gotta stop being afraid of practicing. Yeah. <sighs> One day. Fear, huh? Fear is such a great demon in my life that like prevents me from really being who I am, who I want to be. But what if you find out that you actually suck at all the things that you want to do? Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's yeah. also something like you, so my self-worth is, is very much connected to what I know, what I can do. Mm -hmm. But I always have like, I would have the feeling that I need to excel in something to really be worth as a human person, I guess. Not not consciously, of course, but like unconsciously, I have this need. If I can't excel, usually I don't even want to start it. <laughs> don't even want to try it. Because it feels so bad to be bad at something. Which is why I love like the, the juggling um, community here in Leipzig. Yeah. Because they have like failing, that's just it's like their motto. Mm -hmm. Because they always learn like new stuff and they always fail at first. And then they do it a thousand times and then they get better. And then they find like a new toy or something, like something new to play with. They just do it and they, they're not afraid to fail anymore in front of people. Or, yeah, and for me, that was like a, a good 
lesson to just go in front, like take take something and then like just try and play around with it and try not to feel stupid for <laughs> being bad at it. Mm. No, it's still so so hard. I think this is why I mostly like doing things that are really quickly done. Like that's why I like jamming. That's why I like, you know, writing short stories or even like screenplays or something because it can be done in a couple of days. They're just things that are really fast. The short films I made were all like within a couple of days and stuff like that because then I have the excuse of yeah, well, I only had a couple of days. Hmm. You know, so I'm, I like jamming. I think I'm pretty good at it. And I don't worry about it because if someone were to say, well, it's a, that's not a perfect game. I can say, yeah, well, hmm. I had 48 hours to do this and I slept half the time. It's <laughs> 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 probably like the, yeah, the little mental excuse I keep in the back of my mind to be able to just do it. <laughs> Yeah. Then if it comes to things that are like take actual work, but they're the ones that are more rewarding. That's uh, I feel like we may have talked about that before, but that um, like last or two years ago, that like directing my first play in a semi-professional setting and making the Pepper Prince, which took a lot of time to do. Uh, I mean, I had been working on that for like half a year. And it came out exactly how I wanted it in the play too. And it was like a thing of, I can't make any excuses because with the short stuff also, it's like, and it was just a moment of intuition of flow where I feel like I'm not doing it. There's something inside of me that like has a good day and suddenly it works. Mm. That my subconscious is a good writer, but I might Yeah. Uh, but then where I really worked at it, I felt in control of it. And then I was really actually proud of what I achieved because I did take the time, I did all the work, and it came out exactly how I wanted it, and it was great. Felt so much better because everything else, even like the day, I can completely like put away any responsibility for what worked mm. there on something else that had nothing right. to do with me. I didn't do this kind of a thing. And that's, yeah, I guess it takes away the fear, but it also takes away the pride of what you achieved. A yeah. Bit. It's interesting. I mean, last week I said that I need to, to learn how to love, trust and respect myself. And that's very much what I tried to do this week as well. Um, so I think... Did I, did I tell you that, how, how much I cried that one day? I think you did. At least you told me. Okay, so if you haven't heard, <laughs> I managed to cry, like ugly cry which I hadn't done like in forever. Um, and I really think like I have a, it's hard for me to really connect with my emotions. I just want to throw out a quick warning. I yeah. think my neighbors are about to start drilling. Yeah. I apologize in advance. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> I, I hate them. They have woken me up almost every day this week with their fucking drilling. Why aren't you asking them what the... <laughs> I don't even know who it is. It's like it's coming from everywhere. And I don't know if they're, I don't know what's happening. I just, I hate them. Okay. So let's just hope we get through the last 10 minutes here. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So I, I cried a lot and I realized that I'm crying for myself. I'm feeling sad for myself. Yeah, I think we talked about it, but not in the, in the podcast. Yeah. And 
I took that from uh, the last episode from the Midnight Gospel, mm-hmm. um, which you should probably watch just the last episode, um, which is where uh, he interviews his mother who has stage four cancer and is about to die, about how you can process death and what that means and about meditation. And she says that the pain you feel for someone else dying that is love mm-hmm. that is the purest form of love and if you really go into the pain and experience it you will realize that it's love and it will transform the experience and when i cried for myself i realized that this is love i do love myself at this level at least <laughs> and i was relieved so one one uh completed two to go <laughs> yeah and so i, I like that this 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 i got this fixed uh, or i i don't know fixed or i've got a direction to go there yeah. so it's it's a respect and trust myself and i and i've i for myself i i figured that to really respect myself and trust myself i just have to do things that i'm afraid of that i want to do so i can first off respect myself to finally do them and trust myself because i managed to do them i am capable so that that's my uh, my plan i guess to move forward and yeah I, this week i actually did a couple of um, things in that direction for example i went out to go uh, play basketball around the corner at the hoops there um, which was great but I was really afraid to go there because <laughs> I'm just so bad I mean I, I was I was medium good back in the day when I was a kid mm-hmm. played like every day for a while um, and yeah now, now I, I still love the game but uh, you need to play with other people so I just went there like when nobody was there so I can throw a couple of hoops and then someone came and I managed to get myself to talk to him and ask him if we just do one 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 short one one before because it was already spent <laughs> and we did that and I just felt so great and I mean like being able to manage my, my time now I can can like cross that off I did that <laughs> like I worked I streamed this was another thing I'm kind of hesitant to do, but it's a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm, and I, I can feel that I'm building, building myself up again. So that's great. That's good. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else on your list? <laughs> Not that I can think of. I, I mean, I, I still have a couple of things in mind, but nothing pressing right now. Nothing you want to get? Nah. Get out next next week. I mean, we, we still want to do a, a show next week, right? So leave some for next week. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> do I have anything? What did I do? Um... No, I think I think Pepper Prince was the the biggest 
realization this week. Didn't play anything. The things I watched I already talked about. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the one thing I still kind of have... I mean, that's, I guess, kind of nice that uh, after after writing that letter to my abusive ex uh, that I have not sent yet, I wanted to give myself some time to see what else comes up. And I have added another paragraph, so we are well into 20 pages now. Um, I, I, I would love to read that, but I know I wouldn't. You can. Yeah, I know. No. Thanks. Uh, but uh, I noticed that since then, I've been really kind of at ease again, you know, just kind of getting it out. I'm even kind of like, oh, do I really need to send it? But I think I want to do it. Just to... I think she should know. Also, she clearly you, doesn't. you can't edit it anymore then. I haven't it's... even been editing it. I just knew that I've given myself this week to think about it, but I realized mm. by now that I didn't even want to write at it anymore and didn't even want to send it anymore. Just out of a uh, whatever kind of mm. thing. But I guess I'll just send it off and... What? Last week you said to wait for a week, so the time got extended. Um, not really, I might send it just now. Um, yeah, as I said, it's it's more a thing of, I feel like I already got it out. You know, because it's on the page, I don't need to think about it anymore. Because I do that a lot, like think about it in circles. Mm -hmm. And so writing it out, it took it... Um, yeah, I took it out of my mind. And then, you know, one more thought came up um, and I added it to it. Maybe and that's what I have to do when I can't sleep. Maybe. <laughs> now these things, they are really... I think we've talked about that too, like how how you decide, okay, I'm going to stop thinking about this now and then immediately start thinking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the reason why all, I, I put all my tasks in, in a to-do list. Uh -huh. So I know I don't have to worry about anything that I have to do. Because I know if I have to do it, it's on the list and it says today. If there's nothing today that I have to do, I know I'm good. And I won't forget any task because they go through them every week. Hmm. So yeah, so I think I'm just going to do it for completionist's sake. Just to have that. It already feels dealt with, but I guess unless she somehow sits through these things every week, she wouldn't know about it, so hmm. I still do kind of want her to know. Yeah, maybe she's looking for 20 pages to read right now. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to do? So yeah, I guess I'm just going to do it, but yeah, that's that's already been kind of nice. I feel kind of at peace again so maybe now i could take a week off and actually relax <laughs> well let's see <laughs> don't think you have vacation time anymore someday we'll we'll have to write that down when we go into vacation just to determine if we are really doing too much or not enough vacations and i think we do not do take enough Never enough. 
we should always only do what we want to do, even if that means we don't work anymore. <laughs> well, one day when we have universal basic income. Yeah. Ah, the dream. Well, I guess that's all then. Good show, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks to Wendersel. You should probably all follow him. He does Let's Plays yes. three times a week, I want to say. Well, it's Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, right? And someday we'll be on his show as well. Ah, yes. Um, so, yeah. Then, as always, thanks for joining us. And thanks, thanks for the conversation listening. and uh, the tips. And I guess we'll see you all next time. Oh, wait. I have a thing that I always like to throw up there. Yes. Because I'm guessing they still matter. Black lives, you mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They still matter. As does the Yemen crisis. Yes. But I really haven't looked into the Yemen crisis for, well, the first time I saw that. <laughs> and I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't want to tell you to, to, to change like our outro and like to, to not put that in because it's probably not news anymore or it's not, it will not resolve that quickly. Same thing with Black Lives Matter. But then it also can yeah. hurt. I mean, if you have something more pressing that you find, like another thing that's going on, I've hmm. been hearing Turkey is up to something. Oh, yeah, well. I've heard about that with the Erdogan, right? And it was something to do with, with, I think, Armenia, with the genocide and something. And well, didn't they? They are still not um, acknowledging it as a yeah, genocide. But yeah, someone did anyway. Well, there was something. As I said, I'm trying to stay out of these things because I just cannot handle them very well. Uh, but if you can, you know, obviously. And if you find something that is saying, okay, let's promote that for a while, yeah. um, then you can absolutely do that. Uh, otherwise, have a nice weekend and week, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.